Thank you, men's ensemble, and thank all of you for participating in worship music in such a wonderful fashion. Uh, they have uh, wheeled the uh, chalkboard over here to remind us that the sermon series that we're dealing with uh, these weeks is entitled Relationships 101, because we all are in the business of learning to do life with other people. We never graduate from the school of doing life with others, and uh, we've really appreciated the feedback, the comments you've made on Facebook, other social media for conversations you've had with us about this sermon series and about the way that it hopefully is uh, striking home in our hearts as we realize we always have a lot to learn about self-esteem, about forgiveness, about friendship, about listening, about communication, about all of those sorts of things. So appreciate that. And do invite you to take the, uh, the mailers that are back on the uh, Narthex Welcome Center table uh, that, that's sort of a duplication of that with the sermon titles. Take these with you and maybe share uh, places of work or with neighbors and friends and invite them because there's still quite a few Sundays left in this series and we invite you to be a part of that process. We're going to have two scriptures, actually three scriptures to read this morning. One from the book of Proverbs, as Kristen already mentioned. Uh, first, Proverbs seventeen seventeen, and then in the next chapter, verse 24, and then from John's gospel, chapter uh, 15, beginning in verse 12. Before I read those scriptures, I want to uh, call us to a few moments of prayer and meditation to just be quiet in God's presence, to allow a time of reflection, centering, and focus, and maybe allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you rather than us do all the talking and prayer. Lord, when our minds are quiet, when our bodies are still, sometimes our hearts are more open. So we pause in silence before you this morning to recognize that you are God, that we need you, that we need a relationship with you to fill the deepest longings of our hearts that no one else can fill. And and yet, Lord, in that relationship with you, we find strength for all of our other relationships. And we want to grow in those areas. We want to ask you to forgive us for our stumbling and bumbling and failures in those areas, both with you and with others. We invite you, Lord, to work deeply in our congregation's life as we think about those battling illness, physical illness, mental illness, relationship struggles, financial hardships, those grieving the death of loved ones, those grieving life transitions. We pray your very special blessing to be with our graduates as they make life decisions and as they merge into the traffic of of adult life, that you would bless them in all of their future. We ask your blessings on their families in times of transition as well. And God, we ask you now to uh, bless our nation, bless our world, bless our military uh, men and women serving in the armed forces with safety and strength all of our mission partners. We pray particularly for Ukraine this morning, that there might be peace, that you might superintend and guide the way of nations in that situation, that there might be religious liberty, that there might be safety, and that you might particularly bless our partner congregation, our church plant there, and the pastor as they carry on their work. Lord, thank you for being a God who hears our prayers, who loves us with unconditional love. 
guide us in our thinking and our work together with these texts. And we offer you praise and offer you our attentiveness. In Jesus Christ's holy name, amen. So first of all, I'm going to read from Proverbs 17, 17, then 18, 24, and then the uh, passage from John's Gospel, chapter 15. And if you're able, would you stand, please, as I read these scriptures aloud. Two very powerful verses from Proverbs about friendship. A friend loves at all times, and kinfolk are born to share adversity. And then 1824, some friends play at friendship, but a true friend sticks closer than one's nearest kin. And then to John's Gospel, some very interesting and helpful things that Jesus says about friendship beginning in verse 12 of chapter 15. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. The word of Jesus Christ for us. May God bless it to our hearts. You may be seated. Well, friendship, uh, a fascinating topic for consideration. And right here at the very beginning, I want us to launch into thinking about the various levels of relationship, the various levels of friendship that are possible. And I want you to think with me of what they are. First of all, Uh, you might think about uh, just barely knowing someone, sort of, uh, I recognize your face, but I I can't tell you your name, I I can't tell about where you work or where I know you from. Then a deeper level is, I know your name, Uh, we maybe exchange pleasantries, and then notice that we're moving ever deeper into levels of friendship. Uh, I not only recognize your face and know your name, but we talk together about things and about ideas. Notice how we're moving deeper. And then Number four, moving deeper still, there are those friendships where we not only know each other's name and and face and talk about things and ideas, but we talk about our feelings. We're beginning to be more vulnerable now. And uh, then there is that, what I consider the deepest level of friendship, where we talk about needs and fears. We're completely vulnerable. We're willing to talk about our dreams, our goals, our disappointments, our frustrations, and that's that deepest level where we're risking honesty and trusting that that person will never use it against us, and and it's a deep and powerful thing. Now, I want to just pause right there, and I want to ask you a question. Given all these possibilities of friendship, moving from the very shallow and surface to the very, very deep and intimate and personal, given all of these levels that are possible for friendship, I wonder why it is that the church often stays at a timid, surface, superficial level? Why is it that we sometimes in church stay at levels of pleasantries rather than moving to deeper levels? In fact, outsiders look at the church and are curious about this too. People from developing countries look at the church in the West, particularly the United States. They see the our buildings, they see our very polished programs, they see our very uh, uh, massive uh, activities, and they they sense our uh, 
our prosperity, for lack of a better word. And yet for all of that, they are curious as to why so many of our American churches are indifferent about relationships, connections, community, intimacy, and that kind of vulnerability that would let life really happen at a deeper level. Interesting, isn't it? Robert Putnam wrote a groundbreaking book several years ago entitled Bowling Alone. And in that book, there was sort of a sociological as well as spiritual slicing and dicing of American life and how we have sort of withdrawn from deeper friendships into surface kinds of connections. And in that book, this man who's a secular professor at Harvard University said, it is the church's job to create face-to-face relationship opportunity. It is the church's job, it is the church's task and privilege to set the table for meaningful relationships. Interesting that we had to hear that word from a sociologist and a Harvard professor. And I want to say something here very plainly. Being a friendly church is not the same as being a church that sets the table for deep friendships. They're not the same. Everybody wants to brag, we're a friendly church, and I hope we are. Don't get me wrong, being friendly is important, but being a friendly church is surface. And it's easy. It's saying hi as you come in the building. It's saying hi when you see each each other in the hallway. It's saying goodbye when you leave the building. That's a friendly church. That's surface and that easy. That's easy. But to be a church that sets the table for meaningful friendships is not easy. It's difficult, but it's worth it. That's what we're called to, those deeper relationships. I was visiting with a friend a few months ago, and he finally said something that uh, I'd never heard verbalized in in quite this frank manner, but he, he was right. He said, you know, people who are plugged into church forget how difficult it is for people who are not plugged into church to plug into church. People who are active and know what door to go into, who know what what class to go to, to know how to roll up their sleeves and find a place of involvement, people who are active forget that for people who are not plugged in, it is not always easy to know where and how to grab hold. People come to our ministries hungry for relationships. And sometimes when they come hungry for relationships, they don't need to be put on a committee. They need community. They don't need necessarily to be given a job right away as much as they need a place of connection so that they can form meaningful bonds of relationship. So let's think a few moments about friendship uh, and just sort of back up and ask ourselves some preliminary questions Uh, what are some hindrances to friendships developing? Uh, Well, obviously, the unwillingness to trust is a barrier to friendship. And, And if you'll notice, there's a logical sequence to this sermon series. The order of the sermons is not random. Two weeks ago, I preached on self esteem and our self worth. And last week, Melissa did a beautiful job preaching on forgiveness. With those in place, 
we're more able and willing to trust because without trust you can't build meaningful friendships. Uh, another barrier to uh, friendship is um, mobility. Our culture is very mobile. People don't always stay in one place and one job as long. Technology is another barrier to friendship. Uh, it, it might be computer technology that keeps us away from real face-to-face relationships. It might be television. You've heard the old saw that goes, most people would rather, would rather watch reruns of Friends than go out and find a friend. And sometimes that's true. We just sit in front of the tube rather than have meaningful connections. So there are a lot of barriers to friendship. Another barrier to friendship is that sometimes uh, it's not an unwillingness to try because we've been abandoned or uh, wounded or hurt in a relationship or betrayed. Sometimes it's smothering the other person that creates a barrier to friendship. Uh, Someone has said that friendship should be like a shawl or a blanket that we put around our shoulders. It's warming and wonderful, but you don't put it over your face because it's suffocating. Some friendships can be too intense and can be suffocating and not allow the other person to breathe. And friendship is more like a shawl than something tightly wound around the head. And on and on we could go with the various barriers to friendship. And I want to read again, not that I think you were sleeping earlier, but I, with, with this as a background, I want to read again those two uh, Proverbs scriptures about friendship. A friend loves at all times, 1717 Proverbs. Kinfolk are born to share adversity. A friend loves at all times. Not fair-weather friendship, but loving at all times. 1824 of Proverbs Some friends play at friendship, but there is a friend that sticks closer than family, a friend that sticks closer than the nearest kin. And those scriptures provide a wonderful introduction to what I think Jesus had to say about friendship that I read to you from John chapter 15. He says, first of all, verse 13, friendship is all about sacrifice. No one has greater love than this than to lay down one's life for one's friends. See, friendship is not measured by how much we receive. We always want to talk about what we're getting out of the friendship, but friendship is measured by how much we give. It's sacrifice, Jesus said, the willingness to sacrifice that establishes friendship. Now, some of you who've been studying the Bible for a few years or decades would know who I'm going to talk about when I say that in our first testament of Scripture, in our Old Testament, uh, there is a, a friendship that's very famous. It's between David and Jonathan. And there's a great deal in 1 Samuel about that friendship. Uh, Jonathan was the son of King Saul. And you would presume that somewhere down the line, Jonathan was in line to be the next king of Israel. But Jonathan's best friend was David, and David was actually already a rival to the throne. So get this picture. Jonathan has Saul as a father who's king, but Jonathan's best friend is David, a rival for his father's job. And yet their friendship is so intense in 1 Samuel 18, the scripture says that their souls were knit together so strongly that Jonathan recognized that David had the gifts of kingship more than he himself, Jonathan, had those gifts. And Jonathan took off his armor and gave it to his friend David. He took off his robe and he gave it to his friend David. 
Now, that doesn't look like much, but Bible scholars believe that that was an act on Jonathan's part of renouncing his privilege of the throne, of saying, I am not the one who should be the next king. It's you, David. I give you all of my bows and weapons and the regalia of kingship. He would renounce the throne for the sake of his honest friendship with David. That's a beautiful story. But I would remind you, it's not the last time that someone would give up his kingdom for his friends. Because that's exactly what Jesus does for us. He gave up his kingdom. He gave up his glory to give us everything. To be our friend. He renounced a greater kingdom to come to earth as a humble slave. That's a powerful image of friendship. Jesus goes on in verse 14 and says, you're my friends if you do what I command. In other words, friendship is also about doing, not talking. You know, some so-called friends, yak, yak, yak. They say, call me if I can do anything rather than just helping. And it's all just a lot of air. But Jesus said, friendship is really based on conduct, not what you say you're going to do. And then it gets really interesting in verse uh, 15. Jesus goes to a deeper level of friendship in John 15, 15, when he says, I don't call you slaves any longer. I don't call you servants any longer. Because the servant or the slave does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends because I have shared with you everything that the Father has made known to me. Here Jesus is moving friendship with us to a deeper level. He's saying, you're not just slaves. There's an equality. There's a, there's a respect. There's a dignity. There's a sense of worth that he has for us. And there's a transparency and an honesty on his part that says friendship is about being honest. It's not hiding things from the other person. It's sharing everything. And Jesus moves that to that deeper, more intimate level of connection and friendship. See, one of the things that I did not mention earlier when I talked about hindrances to friendship, one of the big hindrances to friendship is if one of the friends feels used. If one of the friends feels like this friendship to the other person is a means to another end, that I'm just being used by this so-called friend for selfish purposes. That, that destroys friendship faster than almost anything. But Jesus says here, you're not a cog in my machine. You're not a piece of machinery in my plan for a new kingdom. You're not just a slave taking orders. You are my friends. I let you in on what's going on. You are my comrades. You are my family. That's a beautiful picture. See, Jesus tells us that friendship is not about controlling the other person. It's about connecting with the other person. And there's a huge difference. If we're using the other person, trying to control the other person, or whether we are as equals connecting with the other person. I, uh, the other day I had a, a man tell me, he said, you know, I just had the greatest blessing today. I had a friend call me up 
and asked to meet me for a cup of coffee. It was somebody who wanted to have coffee with me just for me. He didn't want to sell me anything. He didn't need advice. He didn't need me to fix something. He didn't need to use me to accomplish some promotion at work. He just wanted to have coffee with me because I'm me. And he said, it felt good. It feels good to be loved for who you are. It feels good to be valued just for the sake of the friendship. And that's exactly what Jesus was talking about with his unconditional love that includes us. And that's a brand new kind of way of looking at friendship. So I want to ask you, who's ready to go deeper? Who's ready to dive in a little deeper into friendship and relationship? Who's tired of the surface stuff that defines friendship as, hi, how are you? You know, the Bible word for fellowship, koinonia, means a lot more than cookies and coffee after the service. The biblical word koinonia means a shared partnership, a shared venture of risk and danger. Koinonia is that going through something with someone that bonds us at deeper levels than hi, how are you, or coffee before you walk out of the church building. In fact, I've often said that Families who don't know one another but meet in the intensive care unit waiting room of a hospital, they didn't know one another before, they have no other connection, but they share a common journey of difficulty and challenge and and painful experience waiting in the ICU. I've seen them bond at deep levels, take one another's phone calls, take care of one another, cry with one another, hug one another, because they're sharing in common something very deep. The same thing happens with people who've served in the armed forces, who go through basic training or go through combat together. They've shared something very dangerous, very difficult together. They had nothing else in common, but they will forever be joined in spirit because of that deep comradeship. That is koinonia. That is deep fellowship at a deep level that goes beyond the surface stuff. Unless you get the wrong impression, I want to be clear about this scripture, this teaching of Jesus from John 15. What Jesus gives us there is not just a template to follow and emulate, not just a, this is how you should be friends, now try hard and do this. It's deeper than that. It's more mystical than that. It's more transformative than that. It is truly with Jesus Christ as our best friend we then have the energy to offer unconditional friendship to others in a healthy manner. You see, to the extent we open up our own lives to the friendship of Jesus, to that same extent, we have the capacity to turn around and offer friendship at a genuine level with other people. That's why Jesus spent so much time talking to the disciples and us about what it means to be friends. His energy is inside us to be those kinds of friends. Remember the days of elementary school when the notes used to pass back and forth at school? 
I like you. Do you like me? And I bet every person in this room has written and received one of those notes. And it may or may not have been from someone of the same gender. You know, we won't get into the, the, just the pal friendships or the, that first blush of romance or whatever. But uh, don't you just love to think about how early on, how early on we crave relationships? We crave connections. We crave friendship. A little boy was getting ready for his first ever day of kindergarten. And he was nervous, and he said to his mama, he said, Mama, how long does it take to make a friend? Good question, right? I don't know what the answer was. 30 minutes? A lifetime? Kind of depends, doesn't it? But here's what I want to recommend. Why don't we all start working at it? Why don't we all ch- check the box yes, box yes that note that comes from Jesus. Jesus says, I like you. You like me? Check it. Check it. And let's go down that road of a deeper friendship with Jesus, opening our lives to his friendship. And then let's dive deeper into relationships with others because it's in those deeper, riskier relationships that the real fulfillment comes. The real joy, the real connection comes when we move to those deeper levels. Let's pray together.